and I uh, had this goal to run 50 kilometers 50 times in the 12 months of 2020. I chose 12 organizations to keep me inspired and I raised money and awareness for each organization a month. That was Juno Malapad, and this is episode 19 of the Inspired Souls podcast. Hi, I'm Carolyn, and I'm a roadrunner. And I'm Kim, and I'm a trail runner. Welcome to our podcast, where we bring the communities of trail and road running together and explore the parallels between running and life. Today, we are welcoming a local running legend onto the podcast. It's hard to be a Winnipeg runner without knowing who Juno Malapad is, or somehow getting caught up in the energy of the many running movements that he has spawned. While Juno seems most comfortable running for charity, he has done dozens of half and full marathons, several ultra marathons, and has organized countless fun runs for the members of his community. He is a leader for Winnipeg Run Club, a run ambassador for Lululemon, and the founder of the Bridge Forks Running Group. In this episode, Junal tells us about how he started running in his late 30s in the hallways at work after a pep talk from his doctor, and how he recently decided to celebrate and honor his 50th year of life by running 50K 50 times in the 12 months of 2020. In doing so, he used his voice to bring attention to 12 charities and raise a combined $40,000 for the causes closest to his heart. Dunal has created impact and inspired many to lace up their shoes and just start moving. Without further ado, let's talk to Dunal. Hi, Dunal. Welcome to the Inspired Souls podcast. Hello. Thanks for having me. Carolyn and I are are very interested to talk to you today. There's been several people that have recommended you as a guest on our podcast, and I know many listeners are going to be interested to hear what you have to say. So thank you for joining us. And without further ado, I'm going to get you to just tell us, for those that don't know who you are outside Winnipeg and Manitoba, a little bit about yourself. Sure. My name is Junal Nalapad. I live in uh, Winnipeg, Manitoba. I uh, turned 50 years old this year. I have two daughters, uh, 29 years old Kayla and 21 year old Emily. And I live with my wicked awesome wife as well. So I started running about 13 years ago uh, when I found out I had high cholesterol and heart and stroke issues that run in my family. So I wanted to nip that in the bud with diet and exercise. I have improved my health and no longer have high cholesterol. So how did it all start? How did, how did you get into the sport of running? Well, so yeah, it ties in with this high cholesterol business. I'm a caretaker in a school uh, and I used to work evenings with my, with my good friend, my coworker. And you know, we'd come to have coffee breaks and we'd talk about the day and uh, I told him that I went to the doctor and he says, I have high cholesterol and I should take some pills. My coworker, which I didn't know that he was a runner, he said to me, you know, you don't, you don't need to take pills. Just come run with me. And I was, uh, I was surprised because my, my coworker was a smoker. He ate fried chicken. He, he just indulged a lot on, on good foods. 
And it turned out that he's an insomniac, and that's what he did. He ran a lot. So uh, back in 2008, actually 2007, I started running with him. I call him my coach. He's 65 years old, and he's he's runs like 200 miles a month still right now. He's re- he's retired. He inspired me to 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 join him, to go to Cindy Clausen Recreational Center, and and when I went with him, he knew everybody in in that complex. When he ran around loops there on the track, people would would give him high fives, and and he would share. He would do the same thing with them. So, you know, I, I think I followed suit and I enjoyed what he did. And my sister from Calgary, she uh, she said, you know, you know, you, you and my friend's name is Vern, Ver, Virgilio Galvez. You should you and Vern should 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 uh, register for a half marathon. So my first half marathon was uh, the Winnipeg Police Services Half Marathon in uh, May 2008. I ran with my friend Virgilio and my sister from Calgary came down and she ran with us also. So I think my time was one hour and 55 minutes for that half marathon. And it was a, it was a great run. So many people are hooked on running after their, their first race. Was there anything special about that run that made it so great and kept you going? You know, I think it's the atmosphere. When we arrived there, there were so many like-minded people and my friend Vern, He's an outgoing man, and he uh, he had a lot of friends, uh, you know, just saying hello to him, and I, I just thought that was a really neat thing. And uh, as we ran, we enjoyed each other's company and, and met some other great runners on the way. It felt great. I'm hoping that Vern went easy on you when he introduced you to running, because you've got this guy who runs, you know... <laughs> 200 miles a month or whatever you said. And, and so what did he do? Did he take you on your first training run for like 20 miles or did he ease you into it gently? I'm guessing he eased you in because you took a liking to it right away. Yeah. Well, actually back then he, he didn't run that much also. He just, you know, just uh, did casual runs. He didn't run like 200 miles like he does now. He's retired. So he, he mm. does a lot more running. So <laughs> we were just doing actually like laps around uh, the, the hallway of the, during our lunch break. Uh, oh, wow. And it was hard. It was hard to do that. Five kilometers was not an easy thing to do. I actually didn't like running mm-hmm. because, you know, the doctor says you should do some, some exercise and, and, uh, and eat healthier. So I just like a bitter pill, I, I, I went and, and I did it. I followed his instructions. And um, mm-hmm. So after, you know, running for a bit with, with Vern, I jumped into some uh, run, run groups in the city, uh, one of them being Winnipeg Run Club. And I also participated in something called November Project, which is a, a community of, of like-minded people who does a lot of exercising early in the morning on Wednesdays. Well, it sounds like what really captivated you about Vern was this sense of community, right? Like everybody knew him. They were high-fiving him. He seemed to know everybody at these races and the meetups. So was that important to you to kind of immerse yourself in the community? And then how did that sort of play out with, you know, your running history and and the races that you ended up doing? If you could maybe talk about some of those highlights. You're right. It, it was uh, quite infectious. The atmosphere, the people that we met, it felt like a, a party. 
So when we did some other races after that, 2010, it was my 40th birthday. I organized something called um, Four Hours for Cancer. My dad passed away from cancer. So in Kilbonan Park, I ran four hours, and, and my friends and family came out and joined me. Uh, did some loops around and uh, raised over $3,000 for Cancer Care Manitoba. In 2013, I challenged myself to run 2013 kilometers. That's when, when I, my, my mileage started ramping up. I was joining, like I said, Winnipeg Run Club and November Project and running with an early group uh, before 6 a.m. We would run 10 kilometers before 6 a.m. just about every day. Wow, every day. Almost. That'll get you way more than 2013 <laughs> kilometers for the year. Yeah, actually, in 2016, I, I ran the most mileage I ever ran was 5,535 kilometers. Whew, wow. Yeah, it was a great year in terms of uh, races and, and joining uh, groups. In 2015, uh, I ran my first 50-kilometer ultramarathon. So I was training for that. That's when uh, my mileage was, was ramping up. And I ran with a with a bunch of groups all over the city, and uh, yeah, did my training runs, six a.m., ten kilometer runs, and also um, I organized some meetup, fifty kilometer fun run groups, and I use those for training runs. Not everybody would consider a fifty k run a fun run, but Juno, you, know, you do really well at bringing people along with you on these types of runs and posting the route in advance on social media. And it always has segments, right? Like I'm going to be here at this point in time, meet up here. So people never feel pressured to do the entire 50 K with you if they don't want to or can't. Right. And uh, you, you do that a lot, which I think is amazing. Yeah. Make the routes. Just uh, exactly what you said, because I know that some people don't want to do the whole thing. And and just getting out there is, is so important just to be able to c- connect and be able to to join in the group. So, uh, yeah, before I, 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 I put out these 50-kilometer runs, I would make the routes and say I'm here and we're there. And, and people, like you said, would do 5 kilometers or 10 kilometers or or meet up wherever. Um, so that first time was, was really great. We started Kilburn Park. And when we came back, the clouds started getting black. It was like super black, super dark. And uh, the, the sky opened up and was pouring warm rain from, mm, and it was like, it, it was, yeah, it was an incredible run. It was, I was with my friend, Janelle Boychuk and uh, yes. Daryl Saria and Francine Bonin. It was just like we were like kids running <laughs> through all these uh, puddles and everything. So anyways, after that run, we called it Runners in the Storm. So mm. <laughs> the acronym is, is RITS. So after that, I would put together other Runners in the Storm runs in the fall or in the winter. And yeah, it was, it was a great, it was a great uh, year that year. Let's talk a little bit about running and numbers. You really seem to like to take a number and the significance in that number and have fun with it. Mm-hmm. So when you were 40, you did four hours for cancer. In 2013, you did aim with for 2013 kilometers. Most recently, you've picked the number 50 because like you said, you just turned 50 and 50 was a 
big year for you in more ways than one. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what 2020 was for you with regards to 50? Right. So uh, like you said, I, I use numbers. Some runners do that. They use distances to incorporate something for their birthday. So like you said, on my 40th 40th birthday, I ran four hours for cancer. And actually, when I was 45, when I turned 45, I ran up and down uh, Garbage Hill for, for Canadian Mental Health for, for 45 kilometers. And I've been running my age since age 40. So every year I run uh, whatever age I am. So last year I turned 50, but I, I pushed the envelope a little bit more. And I uh, had this goal to run 50 kilometers, 50 times in the 12 months of 2020. I chose 12 organizations to keep me inspired, and I raised money and awareness for each organization a month. Yeah, it was a great year. Unfortunately, COVID crept in, but I I persevered, and um, I'm I'm able to tell a great story about it. So how did it all work? Let's talk logistics for a minute. Yeah, like when did you do these 50K runs? Right. The plan was to start in January, the first Saturday and meet up at 2.30 in the morning at the Forks with some friends. And the reason why so early is because at 8 o'clock, I would be joining Winnipeg Run Club, which is a a group that I help lead on Saturday mornings. And so the last 10 kilometers would be with the great group of Winnipeg Run Club. So, yeah, for the first uh, from January... To March, it was pretty much two thirty in the morning. Get to the forks, meet up some buddies and some friends. Would do the whole thing. Some would do part, and people were training for whatever, or they just want to get out and uh, spend some time out in the in the cold Winnipeg weather. <laughs> well, misery loves company, right? <laughs> Absolutely. So when when eight o'clock rolled around, I would have ten kilometers left to do. And that would help me uh, push through and and, and uh, have like the carrot on the end of the stick. Like I would, we would get together for coffee and hot chocolate or whatever and cinnamon bun at the Forks. So January, February and March rolled in and then COVID, um, it's a lot of, a lot of uh, uncertainties. So we had to stop running as a group. So my, my motivation kind of, a little bit disappeared, but it was still there. Anyways, I didn't know what to do. There were some anxieties at home about running and also the forks. A lot of public places closed. You know, when you run 50 kilometers, it, it's good to stay stay near a, uh, a public washroom, right? And Or have an aid station. When I couldn't do that anymore, I kind of gave in the towel a little bit. And I, I went on social media and said, uh, you know, I, I don't think I, I, I could do this because of COVID. And, and myself, I'm actually, I guess the term is immune compromised because I, I have asthma. And so that was another concern. If What if I caught COVID? So what I did was I actually um, I started running in my neighborhood so I could stay close to my home just to make sure that um, some anxieties were, were, were taken care of. And yeah, so March was, was kind of tough, but I, I persevered. And um, April was kind of tough also, but there's it kind of, by June, the, the, 
restrictions were kind of loosened a little bit, but still it, not too sure what, how, how to, to, to do this to, you know, is it right to, to run with people? So I want to highlight here that a huge part of your energy really seems to come from people and from the social aspect of running, like Carolyn was saying. So that must have been, it was hard for everybody during March, April, May, June, but for you to get out there and do these 50K runs every Saturday morning by yourself, you know, some people thrive on running alone. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you thrive on running with people and that. I think highlights even more how significant the fact that you just kept going was. Yeah, thanks. I, I did complete 50, 50 kilometer runs, which means there was, there was two free run weekends because there, there was 52 weekends in a year. But I, I doubled up to two runs um, for Trash Stigma. I ran 100 kilometers and for Running Day, I ran 100 kilometers. So, um, yeah, I got them all in. Let's just do a bit of a rundown here, a summary for people. You said you picked 12 charities, one for each month that you focused on, and then you encouraged people to donate to those charities during that month. I've got them here in front of me, and I... There's a few I'm actually not familiar with. In January, you had the Main Street Project. Right. In February, the Mood Disorders of Manitoba. Is that correct? That's correct. Specifically for the Turning Pages program. And what is that? The Turning Pages program is a program that helps uh, people of age 50 and over deal with mental health. So since I've turned 50, (laughs) it's a program that is really important for myself and uh, the people that I know of my age. I see. And then we had in March YMCA, April Cancer Care, May the Dream Factory. We go on, there's Manitoba Brain Injury, there's Heart and Stroke, St. Boniface Hospital Foundation. All told, Junal, how much money did you raise in 2020 for these combined charities? I raised over $40,000. Just for a solo mission on running day, though, people donated $26,000. So, the, yeah, the first 11 months was $14,000 and then $26,000 for solo mission. It sounds like this community aspect we keep coming back to, the supporting the charities is such a big part of who you are and why you run. So I'm curious, why is this so important to you to be giving back like this and which charities, uh, if you could name a couple that are closest to your heart and why? You know, everybody uh, who runs has a reason why. The reason why I, I ran a lot is because I was training for some events, 100-mile events, 150-mile uh, event. So to help out the organizations, I thought that would fit. You know, people participate in full marathons, half marathons, and the money usually goes to something very important like uh, Winnipeg Fire and Paramedic Services half marathons for the Heart Stroke Foundation. So the organizations that are that are run for, I really feel that it's important that that they're highlighted. For example, Cancer Care Manitoba, that, that's really close to my heart because my father passed away from cancer. The Main Street Project is something that's really important because I grew up in the North End and I, uh, and I would see people, uh, homeless people or people in need, and I want to help them out. Uh, like the YMCA Campership Fund, my my wife 
works at the YMCA and my daughters have been through some really special camping there, you know, and it's something that, that I think all youth should be able to participate in to experience wilderness. Mantua Brain Injuries Association is uh, something that uh, a good friend of mine, her, her husband had a brain injury, a traumatic brain injury, and, and he came back. At, but, you know, it was, it's, a, it's a rough road to if something happens to, to a loved one, not just to the person who becomes injured, but the, the people who take care of that person. Mm-hmm. Well, there's so much need in our community, and I just love what you're doing, you know, uh, taking all of these different charities and in giving them a focus and raising money for them. It's just amazing what you're doing. And I hope you get to share in how you're actually impacting all of those people. Like, do you ever hear stories of how the donations that you've raised have really impacted somebody? Yeah, you know, absolutely. You know, I've like, for example, uh, one of those runs on running day, at the end of the run, after running 150 kilometers, we went as a group to Solo Mission, and we dropped off maybe like five uh, carloads full of things that they need. And and one of those times, we were met at, at the, the cafeteria. You know, Boxing Day, when it was minus 40, uh, a cafeteria full of people that could hold about, I think they said like three or 400 people. That is something that should not be happening, like homeless people. So, you know, it, it was really um, quite moving to, to know that the funds that we raised are helping people out that way. Uh, anybody could become homeless. Uh, especially this time of, of you know, people losing jobs and all of that and through COVID. So, um, yeah, you know, I, I remember actually my daughter telling me, Dad, if you didn't run 100 kilometers on such and such a day for such and such organization, that organization would not have the money to do this or that. That must feel so special. Yeah, and especially coming from my daughter. Yes, you've set an example in more ways than one for her. You know, you're active and you're giving back, you're caring about your community. All of these things are super important. So I don't want it to be missed that you've been on a mission to change boxing day to running day. (laughs) And for the past five years, five years, You've been running 100K or more to raise funds for Silo Mission, right? So- it's actually six, year, six years. Sorry. I'm going on your notes here, Doodle. <laughs> six years, including this year, right? Yes. The first year I, I, I ran just because I didn't like to shop. There wasn't an attachment to Silo Mission. <laughs> yeah. the, the first year I told my run buddies, hey, I don't like shopping. I'm going to run 15 hours and I don't know where I'm going to be and what's the distance I'm going to cover. But you're more than happy to, to join me here or there on my route. And the whole day I was, uh, <laughs> I was joined by a, a lot of great people. What, like one of them was my friend, uh, Jeff Vince. He's a legend in our community. He's 73 years old. He's done all the, you know, like the Boston Marathon, like all of the, I forget what they're called. The world majors. That's it, world majors. And he's not a, an outdoor runner. 
and at the time was minus 33 with a with blue sky and you know when you have blue sky outside it's not warm weather it's it's cold in winnipeg mm-hmm. and he and he joined me so um at the 15 hour mark i think my friend eddie eddie gorilla was um getting off work and he says how how far have you run Juno? and i said i run 80 kilometers he said well let's round it up to 100 kilometers and so we did i ran it up to 100 kilometers and the next year i wanted to run again on boxing day but then i, I learned about uh an individual in our city who froze to death on our streets. Mm-hmm. And that's when I made uh, the idea to, to, to raise money for a solo mission because people should not be freezing on our streets. Wow. So one thing that our Winnipeg and Manitoba run community has that I don't think a lot of other communities have, you know, everybody has races. There's always races mm-hmm. everywhere. But because of some of these events, for lack of a better word, um, that you have started and consistently showed up for year after year after year after year, people have started to look forward to, to things like running day and trash stigma, for example, mm-hmm. is almost the equivalent of a race. You know, people will train. I really personally was impacted quite a bit about your trash stigma event. And I want you to talk a little bit about that a little bit more mental health, why that started. There's a certain energy on garbage Hill (laughs) when you're out there. So for our listeners, this event took, takes place on garbage Hill, which is, we've talked about it before. It's, it's literally used to be a, a, it's a landfill and it is one mile from gate to gate, from one end to the other. And you've spent 100 miles, 24 hours, lots of time on that hill. And the energy, the people that show up, the amount of junk food that is donated (laughs) at the aid station is amazing. You've had bling created for this event and t-shirts and shoe tags. And I'm going to stop talking now because I want to hear you talk to us a bit more about trash stigma. Sure. In 2015, just a little bit uh, background about uh, raising money and awareness for things. 2015, I met an individual. His name is um, Edward Dostler. Ed- Edward Dostler is known as Fast Eddie. He ran across Canada one way and then back the other way. And I was fortunate enough to, in May of 2015, run with him as he was doing 100 kilometers around uh, Assiniboine Park, sorry, 100 miles. He was doing, in conjunction with running across Canada, he would do 100 miles just to, to, to drum up more, more interest in what he was doing. So he's raising money for Alzheimer's and breast cancer. And I was, uh, I was um, uh, fortunate to spend some time with him overnight to listen to why he was running, running across Canada. And he shared some experiences. And, you know, it dawned on me how, one person could be able to to help out many. So 2015, after that, my my younger daughter she came home uh, distraught about something that happened in her school. Two students died by suicide, and um, it was it really rocked the community. It's something that was very I don't even know what the it was. Yeah, I, I can't even explain. But anyways, um, as a parent, what if my daughter was in that same situation that she 
was so sad that that she couldn't go anymore. Like I, I don't mm-hmm. at the time I didn't have the the skills or the experience to to help her out, but I knew that Canadian Mental Health Association has a program to to help young people out to learn about uh, mental health. And at the time, it was called Mile Five Mental Illness Literacy Education in Five Days. And now it's called Speak Up. So this program is uh, something that, and also some other programs I raise money for every year. Um, so since in 2015, it was my 45th birthday. I had a plan to run up and down Garbage Hill uh, 45 kilometers. And um, I'm, I'm not sure how much money we raised, but it was it was just a handful of people that were out there. And so 2016, I was training for a 100-mile race or a 100-kilometer race. So I, I, I said, this year I'm going to run 100 kilometers. I don't know how long it's going to take, but it was just up and down that hill, and it took me 16 hours. Uh, 2017, by that time, I already had like a, a couple 100-kilometer runs under my belt, and I think maybe I did 100-miler already. So I ran 100 kilometers in 12 hours. And 2018... This one was was pretty big. I ran a hundred miles in thirty hours. Mm-hmm. I was there that year. Yeah, the reason why I had the the gumption to run a hundred miles is because I did a, I think I ran a hundred miles at Spruce Woods a year before. So yeah, it was thirty hours, and that was overnight. I had to stop for two or three hours because of, of lightning, and uh, it's funny. Uh, Garbage Hill is the highest point in Winnipeg, and on top of that hill, I, I had a metal tent for our aid station, and it, it was not a. We were running for a little while until uh, a, a big lightning bolt came down pretty close to us, and we said, "Okay, we're just going to pack it in and, and hunker down in our van for a little while." Um, I remember seeing the social media posts from the van. Everybody was following intently the the weight in the van. That's right. Yeah. So it, it was a great day. Like you said, there was a lot, there's always a lot of energy on that, oh, on yeah. that, you know, people um, making goals and, and, and surpassing their goals. And it's just, it's just like a rock concert, you know, running to, for mental health also was a, a, a great uh, catalyst for people to just to get together and talk about what, whatever mental health means to them. 2019, uh, I guess I kind of took it easy. I said, I'm just going to run 12 hours. Not, okay, not just 12 hours, but I'm going, I ran 12 hours and it was just 80 kilometers. It was more of, of um, sharing and uh, talking to people and experiencing the day that, that year. This year, because of COVID, it was much different, but I actually, Trash Stigma Movement, to me, was, was bigger because we shared it virtually and people uh, also participate. Like, for example, I have a friend in Saskatchewan. He ran 100 kilometers out there in conjunction with Trash Stigman. I had a friend in Winnipeg Beach and I had a friend in Kenora and a, f- a friend in, in Vancouver. So Trash Stigma was more than just Winnipeg. Trash Stigma is something that I would like to see as like Pink Shirt Day, to have a, a day just to uh, participate in movement and participate in, in learning about mental health and, and sharing experiences. Well, as I'm listening to this, I'm wondering, 
Like it sounds like every year you're kind of upping the ante on yourself. And I love the use of of the significant numbers like we talked about before. But do you ever feel uh, like a responsibility almost to to always take it up a notch or to be running for these bigger causes than just yourself? Or do you ever just go out on your own and just run for you? Like how where do you kind of, how do you um, think about that balance of running for for other people and your community and running for you? Yeah, you know, um, when I started running, uh, I, I pretty much like ran for myself, right? I ran and I just tried to get uh, run further distances, five kilometers, 10 kilometers, and enjoyed every minute of it and experiencing meeting people. And yeah, I feel like you said, I am kind of upping the ante, but I think that's what our progression is, <laughs> some of us anyways, uh, as we start running, we as we get older, we might want to run further because uh, the, more, the more I run, the more happier I am, the more people I meet, the more experiences I have. Mm-hmm. And when I run by myself, that it is a special time. Like you said, I'm, I'm by myself and I, and I did actually spend a lot of time by myself during uh, this past year. And it just showed me that even though life is hard, I could still keep moving forward because I've, I've done it before. I've been running 50 kilometers every weekend. So the time that I spent my, with myself was very, I learned a lot about myself. I learned that the struggles that I, that I had in the past are things that I need to do to make me stronger for the future. Well, I have a question as a shorter distance athlete, and I know we have lots and lots of shorter distance athletes who listen, but as I'm, you know, tracking along with the evolution of your, of your running history, it's like, you know, you used to run the 10K in the morning, and now I'm hearing a lot of 100Ks and 100 miles, and it it just always makes me wonder about injuries. Like, how has your body handled this increase in mileage? Have you ever been injured? Like, how do you push through when you don't feel like running? Like, I'm just curious about kind of more of the the dark side, if you will, of, of this whole running experience that we all deal with from time to time. Right. Yeah. So injury is is something that, that I did uh, go through. I was <laughs> Wrapping up my mileage for Canada 150, which was for Canada's 150th birthday, 150-mile race through uh, the Trans-Canada Trail on, on the Canadian Shield. That race was in July, and in March, I, uh, I had um, shin splints, and they were so bad, it turned out to be a stress reaction. So yeah, I was, I was out of running for eight, eight weeks because of that so that year it was a big running year for me because crash stigma was in june there was a hundred mile hundred mile run i think in may for spruce woods ultra marathon so yeah i was out for for eight weeks what i did was i I participated with our run group but on my bike so i was always out uh, being surrounded by like-minded people that kept me positive so I, i helped out the run group by riding my bike Often as somebody runs for years and very consistently mm-hmm. like you do, 
um, mm-hmm. the body adapts, right? And you become less prone to injury just because your body gets so used to doing it. Conversely, though, some people find they do struggle and they're always flirting with that overtraining, overreaching type of thing. So particularly this year when you were doing 50K every Saturday, did your body just adapt to that? Did you find it actually got easier over time or did you find you needed more and more recovery time during the week as the year went on? Like which way did your body go? It was it was tough. My body did not like me this last year. Uh, <laughs> like you said, the, the first the first couple of months, uh, my body adapted. But I think as COVID came in, sometimes your mind screws up your body. And uh, but anyways, I was very fortunate that I was able to get some great help with my health. I was I saw a physiotherapist and. Uh, and I got regular chiropractor and went to hot yoga and massage. Well, how much did you run during the week? <laughs> so there's a funny, funny joke about the week. I only ran seven kilometers on Tuesday. So my, my week was 50 kilometers on Saturday. And then my, the joke was my training run was seven kilometers on Tuesday. That's all I did all last year, mostly. And then you recovered as hard as you ran the rest of the week. That's right. So Sunday, I was I felt like I was hit by a truck. Monday, well, I was okay. I wasn't able to run, but I had to go to work. I'm a, I'm a caretaker at a high school, biggest school in Manitoba, actually, the head caretaker. So there's a lot of walking, over 10,000 steps a day. Tuesday, I got excited to, to run with the, the run group. It set my mind straight that I, I have something to do on Saturday. So it kind of uh, put me in a positive mode. On Wednesday, that's the day I usually went to hot yoga and or got massages or chiropractor or physiotherapy. And, and Thursday, I was feeling a little bit better about the whole situation. And then Friday, the, my mindset was ready. Uh, had a job to do on, on Saturday, and, um, and I pulled it off. You, like you said, you pulled it off. <laughs> I was curious at the beginning of the year, truthfully, not that I don't have the uttermost faith in you and your commitment, <laughs> because you've proven that over the last several years. But I just wondered how it would all work. And uh, you sure uh, took 2020 out with a bang. That's that's for sure. Yeah, I didn't know how it would work either. It just uh, a lot of things that I do is I don't, I, I, as you probably been watching me for years, uh, Kim, um, I really don't train properly. I just uh, enjoy the time that I have with my friends and uh, and just keep running. And I don't have a block of, okay, today I have to do 10 kilometers. Today I have to do speed work. Today I have to do hill training. I just love running. I just love uh, moving forward and uh, knowing that my body could do what I what I ask of it. The last question I have for you before we get into the rapid fire questions, COVID aside, let's assume this is going to be a a year to just continue something fun with numbers. What's on your agenda for 2021? Well, 2021 is going to be much different than 2020. 2020, I really put my body through a lot. I want to do journaling for my mind, yoga for my body, and as many 5K, 5 a.m. runs for my spirit, uh, running with some really good friends. 
That sounds like an amazing goal. Yeah, I think that's actually refreshing. <laughs> it's it's actually not going to be easy because I'm not one to I've never journaled before. And yoga is something that I do sporadically. And uh, waking up 5 a.m. is something that I did a lot before. But now, (laughs) I think with my new job, I've been pretty tired. And uh, so it's going to be a challenge. Well, when you think about uh, periodizing your training, you know, we can periodize within like, you know, a few months of the year is like a certain part of the periodization. But even if you zoom out, like on a macro scale, you want to be periodizing. So you've had, it sounds like quite a few years of really demanding work on your body. And this is a lighter year in terms of what you're going to put your body through. And I love what you're doing. It sounds very holistic what you're doing in terms of taking care of your your mental and physical health this year. So I love this. You've listened to our podcast before. You've heard the five rapid fire questions at the end. So the first one is, do you have a favorite mantra when you're running? My, my most favorite is keep moving, sharing, and inspiring. And then, so the last one is, uh, so far you've survived 100% of all your worst days. That's new. That's a good one. All right. So if you could teleport anywhere in the world right now to run, where would it be? It would be um, Marindoki, Philippines. Now, Marindoki, Philippines is where my father grew up. It's a small island in the Philippines. The island is as big as Winnipeg. And uh, I don't know if they have this race there anymore, but it was called the called Brave Marindoki they had a 50-kilometer run, an 80-kilometer run, and a 110-kilometer race. Uh, that, that's somewhere I, w- I would love to run. Awesome. So that probably takes care of the next one, too. That's the race that's on your bucket list? Well, the thing is, I'm not sure if it's on, but th- that would be one of the races. And uh, a couple of years, was it last year, I participated in the Harakana race in Quebec. It's 125 kilometers in my prairie legs, I wasn't really trained up for it. And I was only able to, <laughs> to, to cover 31 kilometers. So if I could uh, get back to that race and finish the 125 kilometers on those Quebec hills, uh, I would love to do that. That race is on my bucket list too. It, it looks beautiful. And guess what? It's in Canada. So even if the borders don't open us up for us for a while, yeah. it's, it's still available. So that's great. Okay. So question right. number four, do you have a favorite running book or movie? You know, I don't really read too much, too many books, but there's a one book that came across. Uh, it's a story about Tom Longboat. And if you don't know about Tom Longboat, he's an indigenous runner, uh, one of Canada's greatest long distance runners. Uh, he was he was uh, born in the Six Nations Reserve in South Ontario on July 4th, 1887. And he won the Boston Marathon in 1907. He was 20 years old. So um, I think it, it holds dear because he went through a lot of struggles growing up and he was able to to uh, participate, to win the Boston Marathon in those days. And his time was two hours and 24 minutes. Uh, 1908, yeah, he was in the Olympics and he volunteered in World War I and 
he was actually pronounced dead one time, but he, mm. he, he lived to tell the tale. So a story about uh, Tom Longboat. Amazing. I'm going to have to check that out because I am uh, somewhat familiar with his story, but I think I'd like to sit down and read a whole, a whole book about him. That sounds fascinating. So final question. Do you have a favorite post-run indulgence? Yeah, my favorite post-run indulgence is uh, half coffee, half hot chocolate, and on the side with a uh, cranked energy bar, the Oreo flavor. Sounds delicious. Yeah, especially after those 2.30 a.m. January, February, March runs, that probably just hit the spot. So, Junal, this has been great. You have definitely inspired a lot of people um, through all that you have done. And I'm suspecting that you have been equally inspired back by all the people that have run with you over the years. You've created a large impact in our Winnipeg running community here and beyond. And I really want to thank you for joining us on this podcast to tell us a little bit about what's possible when you just put on your running shoes and get up early and head out the door. So if people wanted to look you up on social media, where can you point them to? Yeah, you could find me at jmalopad on uh, Instagram and Juno Malapad on Facebook. And there's also um, something that, that uh, keep moving, sharing and inspiring. That's, that's a group that I, I have on Facebook as well. Perfect. We'll include those in the show notes. Thank you so much for sharing your story. And- yeah, thank you so much for having me. I, I really, I really enjoyed our conversation. 